You are listening to Sermon Snippets with Max Taylor, where we exposit God's Word and apply its instruction to our everyday lives. As we study God's Word, we are learning truth that corrects our thinking, meets our needs, and teaches us more about Christ. Here's your host, Max Taylor. Well, Daniel and his friends are in exile in Babylon, and today we're going to continue in Daniel chapter 1, just looking at verses 5 through 8. But first, I just want to recap a little bit what we talked about last week because it went pretty quick. So Daniel and his friends are in Babylon for one because of the wickedness of Israel. And we looked at that briefly, how God was punishing the nation of Israel because of their idolatry. Then we looked at the wisdom of Nebuchadnezzar and really his motivation behind taking these young Jewish princes to use them in his court. We looked at the waiting of the captives, how they were going to be in his court training for three years. And then we barely touched on the watchfulness of God. And that's the good news is that while they're in captivity in a new place, in an unfamiliar place, a pagan place, God was watching. And God is still looking for someone to stand up. Today we're going to look at Daniel and his friends and the stand that they made. And here's the question that I have for you. Would you be willing to take a stand for what is right? Because God is looking for someone who will stand up for his word, who will make the decision to do right, no matter what the people around them are doing. And when you look around at culture today, there's such a lack of people who would stand up. The cry goes out for someone to please stand up for the truth, for what is right. I want to read you a quote by Ironside in his notes on the book of Daniel. He says, This little company, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, four devoted young men, set themselves against all the evil of the kingdom of Babylon. They said, We will not defile ourselves. These were the men to whom God would communicate his mind. I believe it is important to dwell upon this because in our own day, alas, in many cases, prophetic study has been undertaken by very unspiritual persons. If we are going to get the mind of God in studying this book, we must remember that it consists of revelations, deliverances, and visions given to a spiritually-minded man who is separated from the iniquity of his day. If we are to understand it, we also need to be spiritually-minded and to walk apart from all that is unholy, all that would hinder progress in divine things. And then he says, the truth of God is learned through the conscience. I think that's a very good quote. His point is that this was was part of the reason why God used Daniel in such a mighty way is because he was willing to stand for what's right. And for me and you, if we want to understand the Bible, if we're going to be conditioned to understand the Bible, we have to determine to do what's right, just as Daniel did. 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Would somebody please stand up? God is looking for someone who's going to stand up. How can you understand the Bible if your mind is so filled with social media or video games or filthy YouTube videos or just worldly movies. Do you know those things defile a person? You can't learn and know the Bible 
if all that is competing inside your heart. But God is looking for someone who's going to stand up, who's not going to be worldly, and who's going to choose to do what's right in the face of opposition. So let's look at Daniel's stand. He chose to not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat. Let's read starting in verse 5. It says, And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, under whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. And so it talks about the, the name changes there. And then if you skip down to verse 8, it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. So Daniel's stand comes in the form of a request that he makes. Now let's think about the pattern of his decision. Because he purposes in this circumstance that he's not going to defile himself. But I think it's very likely that in his past, he's already made decisions like this. Because clearly he has a strong testimony. He's a godly young man who's making a tremendous stand with a huge cost to him and his four friends. So I think that this must be, um, there must have been prior inward decisions similar to this one in his life where he had already decided to devote himself to the Lord. Um, so that's just what I think. Now let's think about the place of his decision, though. It says he determined in his heart. See, our decision really has to boil down to what we love. That's why it's so important that God has his rightful place of preeminence, that the first place in our lives. Because decisions must be made on the heart level, not just on the head level. We have to move past the point of just doing something because we know it's the right thing to do. Instead, we need to want to do what's right from the heart in order to please God. So Daniel makes this decision in his heart, and it flows out into this request that he makes. But I want to pause and spend a good deal of time thinking about the pressure of his decision. Okay, so Daniel and his friends decide to make this stand and and it's going to really strengthen them to make stands similar to this in the future because the the more you choose to do what's right then as time goes on you get stronger and stronger in that ability to make stands for what's right but the pressure is still there so try to imagine for a moment the weight of the two words but daniel in verse 8, that's how it starts out. It says, but. So that tells us, all right, we're going to change train of thought here. And then it's followed by the name of a single person, Daniel. And then it goes into his radical decision to go against the conventional standard of everyone around him. There was without a doubt an enormous amount of pressure to cave in to what everyone was doing. It was accepted by everyone. Think, first of all, about the pagan elites here, okay? So Daniel decides to do something that is against what his superiors have told him to do, including all the way up to Nebuchadnezzar himself. So he appointed the prince of the eunuchs. Daniel goes to him and asks if he can have a different diet. That guy is so scared of Nebuchadnezzar that he tells him no. And Daniel could have just stopped there. 
But he actually makes another request we read about in verse 11. He goes to the second person named Melzar. And and it's interesting because the first person that he went to, he actually had a relationship with. It says that he had been, um, he'd had a, a good relationship with him. It says in verse 9, For God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. But Daniel was willing to burn bridges. He was willing to risk offending a high up friend of his and losing connections because he cared that much about his conscience. This teaches us that we should not be willing to seek for unity at all costs. We should purpose to stand up for what's right at all costs. That means we can't always affirm or agree with or appreciate what other people are doing if it's wrong. So Daniel is willing to to go the extra mile to keep asking for this request. But not only did Daniel go against the pressure from these pagan elites here, but he also went against all of the palace exiles who came with him into captivity. Think about that. Not only did he go against and object to the accommodations offered to him by these rulers, we must not forget that he also was in the presence of other Israelites who had grown up worshiping God and living as he had in Israel. There were probably many of them acquaintances of his. And Daniel's stand was in all of their faces because they were complacent to tolerate and conform to these practices of the heathen. No doubt a lot of these Jewish captives probably rationalized in their mind why they could conform to these pagan practices and and this new diet. They probably came up with a lot of reasonable justifications. I mean, after all, they were submitting to the authority of their new homeland they were trying to bargain for their lives. You know, surely they thought that was understandable. And they were probably thinking that this is not the most important teaching in the Old Testament. I mean, come on, they weren't denying their faith. They weren't recanting the gospel. They were only conforming in one small area, and that's their diet. And sometimes the greatest cost when we take a stand for something that's right is the Christian friends who will turn on us. Because our decision to stand for a conviction that's based on the Bible is going to get kickback. And not only from the lost crowd, but also from the Christian crowd. And sometimes that is the worst persecution. Um, I was reading a book called Wolves Among Lambs. It's written by Stacy Shiflett, who is a pastor up in Dundonk, Maryland. And he basically recounts his decision to stand up against a child abuse situation that had been committed by a previous pastor and had been covered up for years by high ups in ministry. And he observes in his book, his own personal experience, he says, I learned early in ministry that doing the right thing is its own reward. And I I think of that advice when I think of Daniel and his stand that he took. No doubt he had to pay a heavy price for it. But doing what's right is its own reward. And I'm just going to tell you, you need to expect pushback when you decide to stand up for what's right. Because in the vast majority of churches today, people, which includes ministry leaders, do not want you to take a stand or to have higher convictions than them or to be more spiritual or more vocal about doing right than they are. Churches change conviction to preference 
so they can downplay the importance of doing right in some areas. They put people with stronger convictions on a guilt trip. They talk about showing deference. All those things are just simply signs of a church that is willing to compromise and give up the non-essential, quote-unquote, things. So today it's almost a crime to actually be independent or to draw upon God's word as the only authority for how you're going to live and what you're going to believe. Churches don't like that. Pastors don't typically like that. And you're going to receive pushback, but don't worry about that because pleasing and obeying God should be our focus, no matter what the cost is. Jesus talked about that in his own ministry. He said, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew 5, verses 10 through 12. And then I'm going to read 1 Peter 4, verses 12 through 16. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Then jumping down, he says, But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. But let him glorify God on this behalf. You're going to receive pushback. If you decide to be like Daniel, to stand up for what's right, you're going to receive pushback. But don't worry about that. Instead, focus on pleasing and obeying God, no matter the cost. That's the perspective that Daniel and his friends had. They said they they were going to do what's right. They purposed in their heart that they were not going to defile themselves, no matter who else did, no matter what everyone else did around them. So how about you? Would someone please stand up? Thank you for listening to Sermon Snippets. If this Bible study is a help to you, consider downloading the weekly episodes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Until next time, remember that God's Word is perfect, and it's everything you need to live for Him.